0: Welcome to Aim Higher, a show designed to help us realize the leadership potential inside of all of us. I'm Skip Pritchard, CEO, author, blogger, student of success, and your host. Hello and welcome to Aim Higher. Today we'll be exploring the topic of reinvention. Whether you're feeling stuck in your career, you're looking for new ways to challenge yourself, maybe you've had to make a job change of your own choice or not, or maybe you've had a need to move across the country. There may be a variety of reasons why reinvention is important to you. It can be a powerful tool to help you break out of old patterns and to start a new path or a new career or just change everything. Maybe it's just time for you to change. There's a lot of reinvention going on post-COVID. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing strategies for reinventing yourself and your career, identifying your strengths, your passions, for new skills, for pursuing new things, new opportunities. And we will be speaking with Richard Bliss, president of Bliss Consulting. He is a friend, a LinkedIn expert, a speaker. He's an author. I'm not going to go through all his career because it would tell you all the reinvention, but there's a lot of reinvention there. So whether you're feeling stuck in your current job, you're looking to switch careers, you're just wanting to take your skills to another level, all of these things, get ready for a thought-provoking conversation with Richard Bliss. Richard, welcome to Aim Higher. Skip, a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. This is awesome. Well, we are so glad to have you. And I should just start off by asking, can you tell us, I mean, just, have you ever had to reinvent your career?
1: Well, I've had to reinvent. I know the answer, the, so i The to answer is it. yes, multiple times in multiple ways. Mark Schaefer is a great friend of mine uh, who's an author, marketing author, and he was introduced to me when we first met by Richard Bliss has, has reinvented himself more than anybody I know. And so, yes, I have had the opportunity of reinventing myself over and over and over again, sometimes uh, willfully and sometimes because of circumstances. Tell us about a few of those. Well, let's see. A little bit of my background. I was an executive marketing executive for a variety of software companies for about 18 years. And one time, I was the vice president of marketing for a global company. And the founder called me up one day and fired me out of the blue, completely out of the blue. Now, at the time, I was the leading voice in our industry, in our entire market worldwide. And uh, it came as a shock. And then the shock was the next day when he gave the job to my wife.
0: Your wife got the job. Yeah. So you were fired and she was
1: promoted? Yeah. So now ex-wife. Might have <laughs> contributed to it a little bit. But here's the challenge, Skip, is that I was, in my industry, I was the known voice and face. Well, now what do you do? Do you go to a competitor? Well, no, because yeah, kind of your income. Do I go somewhere else? But my entire career had built up to that point and all of my networking connections and everything reinforced who I was and what I was doing. And now I couldn't take advantage of that at all. And I had to completely reinvent myself at that point outside of my industry, outside of my expertise. And what did you do? What A different field, a different career? Yeah. It led to me sitting here with you right now today because what happened was, is that, all right, now, this was, well, let's see, several years ago. So I said, okay, I've got to uh, reinvent myself. Uh, let's learn this thing, LinkedIn. All right? Let's learn this thing, Twitter. Let's learn social media. Let me do a blog. Let me start a podcast. Let me do the things that would be required. Let me write a book. I self-wrote, self-edited, and self-published a book. Not a good idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> because there's all kinds of things that could go wrong with that, right? But that book was written in such a way that somebody saw me write the book. And then they reached out because a company that I'd never heard of was in need of someone who was in tech, had been an executive, could work with executives for a $6 billion company and work with executives who knew how to write, understood the technology, was available immediately, lived in Silicon Valley, and the gig was $800 a month. And you took it. And I took it. Why? Because the executive I went to work with His name is Tom Mendoza. If you've ever heard of the University of Notre Dame's College of Business, it's the Mendoza College of Business. As in Tom Mendoza, the Mendoza College of Business. So I have the vice chairman of a $6 billion company who I'm going to write with, help him write and create content for Forbes. I looked at that and thought, a door has been opened that I have the availability. I had never done that. I had never worked. I call it shadow writing. Uh, He and I would sit down. He'd tell me what he wanted to say. I'd craft something for him. I'd hand it to him. He would edit it. And so I had never done that. I was always the man out in front on the stage speaking. And so now suddenly I'm in the background, happened to do this. Well, then the general counsel wanted me to work with them and then the head of sales. And then then I'm training the salespeople. And all of this I'm learning as I go, as I try to reinvent myself because I was willing to take a risk and open that tiny crack of a door that took me in a completely new direction.
0: Well, it's interesting there because you, I, I know about all your career reinventions. I mean, you were even in the military. Yep. You've done You've done so many different things. But that's a real interesting pivot because it is moving from the spotlight to backstage.
1: And I, that's not normal. Not, not many people can do that. Not only is it not normal, my now ex-wife said she was shocked that I was able even to do it. She didn't believe I could do it because she had met me and knew me as the spotlight person on the stage, keynote speaker, traveling the world. And here I was going to step aside. My name's not going to show up anywhere. I'm just going to be invisible. And yet, what an opportunity to work with some incredible people and learn from them, which then led to a variety of other things. We can get that here a little bit later, but it led to all kinds of other opportunities. Well, it's also interesting
0: because people doubt you along the way. So your your ex-wife's surprised, et cetera. Uh, But but there's a lot of people who doubt you when you're making a change, when you're reinventing yourself. How do you because you've done it so many times, how do you overcome those voices of doubt, the naysayers, the critics, the, this is ridiculous. There's no way. What do you do to to do that? What personal strategy works for you?
1: One, try not to share with people your long-term vision, because oftentimes that's viewed as crazy, right? I think I'm going to end up doing this down the road. No, what you do is, one, is I know what I want to do and I'm going to execute in the short term and here's what to do and I'm going to focus on these results. Here's the goals I'm going to set. Here's the milestones I'm going to hit. And it's really hard for people to talk you out of that next milestone you're looking for. Not the long-term goal, but what's the next-term goal? So my next term was, can I do this? Another way I did it was I had to teach myself these social media tools. So before I did that, I went and practiced somewhere where it was safe to fail. And this is critical for pivoting because the last thing you want to do is to make the important change in front of the very audience you're hoping to impress because if you're the first time you've done it i call them unrehearsed live demos that's the last thing you want to (laughs) do
0: unrehearsed live demos
1: unrehearsed live demos are a killer and anybody who's been on stage doing tech so instead what did i do i went and started my podcast on kickstarter crowdfunding now today almost everybody knows about kickstarter but in 2011 Nobody knew about Kickstarter. It was brand new. It was brand new. It was so new that almost nobody understood it. So then I went and found an audience that could benefit from Kickstarter. So here's a question I have for you and for your audience. So just recently, Kickstarter announced that their largest funding category just finished raising $1.5 billion on the platform in the history of the platform over the last 12 years. You want to take a guess what category is the biggest funding category on Kickstarter, you probably have a clue based on a little bit of my background.
0: I have no idea. Social media. Board games. I was going to go to the yeah, board games, I mean, like, but I thought, your... no,
1: it can't be there. Board games. There are I thought I can't
0: eclipse social media.
1: 500 media. new board games every 30 days on Kickstarter for the last 12 years. 500 new games. They've raised $1.5 So I started a podcast teaching board gamers how to raise money to see their board game. So that was safe. What happens if I screw it up? No, it's not going to impact my career. So I found, and that's what I have a Twitter handle, The Game Whisper, 25,000 Twitter followers. I can say things and do things on there and screw it up. So I needed a place to go practice, learn, and fail in a safe environment. And so find that, whatever that might be.
0: I love that. And I misunderstood your question when you asked it, but now I, I see where and how you would get there to board games. You are an expert in board games, not uh, yeah. just because of that, but
1: that's a whole nother
0: reinvention. It is. So where did that come from?
1: One, I've been playing board games for a very long time, and we're not talking Monopoly and Kickstarter. Uh, we're not talking about Monopoly and Scrabble, that type of thing. We're talking about military backgrounds, some military war games, that type of thing. But the board games came about because I enjoyed board games. But it really the Kickstarter thing because I knew board game industry a little bit, and I saw because I live in tech, I live in Silicon Valley. I see this reinvention model over and over and over and over again. I also know from a marketing standpoint when a large amount of funding cash moves into a calcified static market there's going to be massive transformation but oftentimes people don't see it coming i was able to connect the dots because i knew a little bit about both i saw how they were coming together and got out in front of that trend well then if you had a board game and you needed to put it on kickstarter you went and listened to a gentleman by the name of jamie Stegmeier. you went and read his blog you went and uh, read somebody else's blog and then you listened to richard bliss's podcast funding the dream those were the three places you went And so every person who was possibly ever going to need expertise, well, then it became the halo effect. I have these people on my podcast. Just to tell you, I was in Columbus last year, and I walked into the Columbus Convention Center, and there were 14,000 board gamers there last year. Columbus has a huge board game convention. And as I was walking around, somebody came up to me, and I was introduced. This is Richard Bliss. He screamed at the top of his lungs, (laughs) you're Richard Bliss, grabbed me a bear hug and said, you changed my life. And this is a man who had a 20 by 20 foot booth, employees and everything. I have no idea who he was. And yet my podcast reached out and touched his life in such a way that it transformed it. So I found satisfaction of doing something and giving back to a community. That's the other thing. Helping him reinvent himself. He reinvented himself. And that's what I was doing with my podcast, teaching people of my years of experience in the military, of marketing, of executives, of technology. Here's how you can reinvent yourself. Here's how you can fund your dream. Well, I was thinking about traps
0: that people make and mistakes they make when they do reinvent. And I love, you know, one of your ideas here is find a safe space. Yes, because that's really space. important. What other things would you say, you know, common traps people make when they're reinventing themselves? Because I've seen people quit their jobs and you're like, well, you didn't seem to have a plan. <laughs> what do you tell people
1: in terms of mistakes? There are a couple of mistakes and they go both sides of this. How are you going to monetize that? I hear that question so often. How are you going to monetize that? right? You're selling plants at the local farmer's market. How are you going to monetize that? And I was so irritated by that, particularly on my podcast. How are you going to monetize that? Well, I didn't because that wasn't my goal. But every time somebody says, well, if you're going to pursue this, you got to have a plan on how you're going to make money. No, you got to make a plan on how you're going to learn. And then the opportunity itself will present itself. Monetization too soon crushes so many opportunities of growth and learning and giving to a community. You're trying to take out of that community. Amanda Palmer is an artist out there. I do not listen to her music, but she's got a fantastic TED Talk that transformed the way I thought about this whole prospect, the art of giving thanks. And she talked about it, and it's a fantastic way. Learn how to give thanks to your community, and over time, give it time. They will give back. But if you try to extract that value too soon, that's one. Also, set goals. Set goals. People, like you just said, they'll quit their job and I'm going to go do this. And I've suffered from this too. I have grandiose ideas and goals. But do you have a plan of action? What's the very next thing you're going to do? And those traps are not understanding that the opportunity that's presented itself may be simply a a small dead end. You got to give it time and be patient. The other trap is that people oftentimes, well, I say that. And yet here I am having reinvented myself over and over in a very (laughs) short amount of time. But you got to be patient. You got to be willing to sacrifice. I got to admit, if I had been patient, I would be so much further ahead in life than I am today. But I got impatient so many times and it ruined opportunities I look back with and sometimes often kick myself because of that.
0: Richard, a little counseling somebody gave me since I have zero patience on every personality test is. It's actually just means you have a high sense of urgency. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, you know, that's yeah. my way of, <laughs> of redoing things. Yeah, I'm always working on my patience. So you're talking about reinvention. You've had all of these switches and turns. Some people are, I want to say, fear-based or risk-averse. Yeah. How do you help people jump off into the into the deep end that's when they're question. just so afraid? And they're or they're like, I have this big dream. I really, really, really want to do it. And they're planning, you know, some people know plan, jump in. Other people, 10 years of planning and it's never done, right? And they're just never launching. How do you help them jump
1: in? You know, we all talk about a word to define us. Is there a word that motivates us? My company has a word. If you ask any of my employees, the people who work with me, what's the one word we believe in? It's empowerment. And the thing that keeps people from jumping in and taking advantage is they fear and they fear the loss of, control and that type of thing. Let me give you an example. Uh, a young woman worked for me, a writer, came to work for me, and her dream was always to write a book. I said, well, what's holding you back? She said she wanted to write the book, but her father was insisting that he was going to read it as soon as she published it. And the book was really about him, right? Mm. Okay, little a thera- little self-therapy. So she wanted to write it, but couldn't. Take that step. So I said, how about if we just start with a smaller project rather than the big, try to do the big thing first. Why don't we just have you write a book that doesn't have this social baggage, this emotional baggage? And I said, I will pay you to write your book. I will pay you. I will give you the time. I will pay the team to edit your book. I will pay us pay the team to publish your book. We will cover all the costs for you to sit down and create this thing that's so important to you. So she did. She wrote the book she took about three to four months, wrote the book. We all edited it. You know, there were certain things she struggled with, and then we published it. It is now on Amazon. She has a hardbound book on Amazon. And she was able to give it to her father because he wanted to read her first book. Now, this one didn't have him in it. It was a save, it was called Drink Your Coffee and Write. And it was about how she learned to write and all writing and overcoming. He passed away in December. And as she shared that with me, I said, I'm so grateful that I got to help you be part of a journey that allowed you to put something in front of your father that was such an important aspect. And you were able to accomplish that. The point here is, is that- And now she can write the book. And about now that, she huh? can write the book. So all the boxes got ticked. But the key here was empowering people to take the next step. Not to take all the steps, but what's the next step? And sometimes breaking that down and helping them understand the one, I call them friction points. What's holding you back? For a lot of executives that I work with, it's they feel on social media, they don't have anything to say. All right, let me help you pull out a story, just the next step. And that was one of the keys to help people overcome that fear is you can take that step. Right. There's so much to say. There's so much to say. Well, Richard,
0: when you're going through these things, I mean, when you're fired suddenly as the top voice in the industry...
1: Oh, by the way, my mother fired me as well from one of my jobs. So. Your mother fired yeah, you? Yeah, it's an argument whether I quit before she fired me. But when she realized if she had fired me, I had get, got to collect unemployment. Then she claimed I quit, so she didn't have to pay unemployment. So, yeah, that was another reinvention. I was an accountant working for my mother's CPA practice. Sorry. Wow. We're just That's throwing a those in a good one. There. I didn't right. know. Yeah, there's a lot of reinvention. You know, this is not sounding flattering on me. My, my ex-wife, <laughs> my mother.
0: Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, it does maybe say something about you. We'll, we'll deal with that later. But sure. You know, you're going through all these changes. Some are positive, right? You make a big change. You want to, you move in that direction. Others are the result of being fired. They're they're negative. How do you stay positive? How do you stay motivated and energetic? Because all of this reinvention takes energy, takes time, takes money.
1: How do you stay motivated through that? There are tears along the way. There's no doubt about that. There are challenges. I grew up by the time I hit the 6th grade we had moved 14 times I had gone to 14 different schools from kindergarten to the 6th grade in those 6 years In the 6th grade alone I went to 6 different schools That's reinvention
0: constantly right there
1: That's exactly what that is Every few months I walked into a new school room with cliques and I didn't know common knowledge no it's local knowledge I didn't know what the local customs were I didn't know and I was forced to adapt immediately if I wanted to survive, because kids can be cruel. And if you're the new kid every few months in a new state, from a log cabin in Alaska, where we'd rode snowmobiles to catch the school bus, to a pig farm in Minnesota, to living in Idaho or Washington State, you had a new family almost every Christmas. You had a new father, a new... My mother was married five times by the time she was 30, and I just followed along, a new family. You had to reinvent wow. yourself, reinvent, reinvent, reinvent. And in my first book, I talk about how these taught me to look at the situation differently and know that, okay, here's the opportunity to read a room. Because I, I knew what it felt like to be the person who didn't know. I didn't know what time lunch was. I didn't know where my classroom was. I didn't even, sometimes I didn't even know where my house was and I couldn't find my way home. Now, as an adult, I connect and relate to people who feel they don't know. And I do everything in my power. It drives my life to help you feel comfortable knowing. Skip, you and I just got done having a conversation. And what's the one thing I'm here with you right today is to help you and your team learn something they didn't know. And your team walked out of the room saying, my mind is blown because... I had no idea. I had no idea. And that motivates me at such a deep level. So how, what keeps me positive is the ability to continue to have an impact on people's lives by helping them feel comfortable knowing. So I will put myself out there because I've been out there a million times and I know what it's like. It has created an aversion for me to go knock on doors and I get nervous walking into places where I'm new, even today. But once I'm there, then the instincts kick in and there's no problem. People don't see me on stage and they're like, well, you don't get nervous. Oh, yeah. I get nervous every time, but once you're there, those instincts in a lifetime of survival skills kicks in. But I don't know if I answered the question, but it really—that's how I stay positive.
0: It's a good combination of both traits and ideas and skills that people can cultivate. I want to link—I'm using the word "link" (laughs) um, deliberately—this reinvention with LinkedIn, and just ask this question because LinkedIn has many, many uses. We're not going to go into the whole LinkedIn thing; many purposes behind it, but. One of those many things is networking, right? Connecting with people. And so what role does networking and building relationships play in the process of reinvention? That job
1: that I got to be that writer was because of a contact I had who saw my book, who knew me, and then reached out. I was in Mexico two weeks ago, in the middle of nowhere, at a restaurant in the middle of nowhere, dirt road, hay bales around, and... As we're sitting dinner with my family, and uh, I look across the restaurant, and I'm like, I know that woman. And a friend of mine from San Jose, the San Francisco Bay Area, was there in Mexico celebrating her birthday. And I walked over. I was really nervous because I was like, that can't be her. And she's there with her boyfriend and family and screams, oh, my gosh. And then my daughter was with me. She says, yeah, Dad. Everywhere Dad goes. He knows somebody. He knows somebody. And Skip, I imagine the same is with you. You build up these relationships over the years. And one of the key things is to not look at these relationships as what you can get out of them. But again, I always function, what can I give? How can I give to that relationship? And so, and it Speak could be speaking my language. It's so uh, it could be a CEO of a very big company, the vice chairman of a, a multimillion dollar company, or it can be as little as the waitress at the local restaurant. And what I gave her was the recognition and used her name when she came back and thanked her by name. I can give that because there's nothing more valuable to a person than their name, or I can give some insights to a CEO who's asking, how do I do this LinkedIn thing? So,
0: And I'll- I've learned you can learn some of the most extraordinary things from people you think are ordinary and oh amazing gosh. life lessons. So never judge. It's not a title. The experiences people have is amazing. And just incredible. So one last question I just want to ask, and that's about, because, you know, you're going to these different schools, you're reading the room. Yeah. You, you go military board games. I, I didn't know about this whole thing with your mom's <laughs> firm. And so kind of a financial thing
1: and sales and marketing. Well, and you weren't even in the room. If you Google my name, Richard Bliss, San Diego. I did hear that. Oh, actually. that's right. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's a Wikipedia entry in the spy that's arrested. Yeah. Oh, there's, oh, there's. And that's yeah. not
0: you. You didn't reinvent yourself. I did not
1: reinvent as, that, myself, but so I get asked about
0: that one a lot. We'll make sure that people know that is not you. We are not talking to the but spy. But that's what
1: a spy would say. Yeah, that's what a spy would
0: say. I was just going there. So, <laughs> hmm. yeah, we're going to have to analyze that. But how do you embrace and how do you stay relevant and continuing to learn and grow? Because some people stagnate and you see, you know, I'm an expert in this area, but then it kind of fades, 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 fades. How do you keep learning? Where do you go? What do you do? How do you do it? Even when you're not in that process of reinventing yourself, you know, I'm, I'm fired. I have no choice. I'm looking to... But how do I embrace that continual learning? Because you
1: definitely do. You're always grabbing new skills. Yeah. Partly it's the curiosity, being curious about a wide variety of things, right? Always being curious. I read a lot of books. I know that you do as well. A lot of the consumption of that content. On occasion, I grow, uh, not discouraged, I grow a little worrisome that I can't keep it up. That this is the last time I reinvent myself. And then people who know me just laugh in my face. Okay, <laughs> but it's because it takes what I have to do is I have to look. So Chat GPT is a perfect example. It's incredible, Chat, yes. right? It's incredible. And I discovered it back in September, October. It came out in November. So I discovered Open AI and the whole thing. So I shared it with people that I know who are really knowledgeable. And then I realized, oh, this group of people that I know could benefit from me connecting the dots and. Part of it is that whole, uh, was it strength finders, looking at my strength finder thingies and strategic and ideation and those type of things. I'm terrible at execution. I'm terrible at execution. But man, if you want me to connect the dots and let's talk about that, that's what it comes from. It comes from knowing people, a wide variety of background. I mean, we, we didn't mention here. I speak a little Chinese, I speak fluent Spanish. That means I, I'm always finding a way to connect with somebody in such a way. the point where I'm on the flight. I'm trying to memorize the flight attendant's name. To give you a story about that, I once flew to Boston uh, from Salt Lake City to Boston. I was only there for an hour trip. So it was like, okay, I'm just going to get a change of underwear. That's it. Put it in my little carry-on bag. I'm just going to wear the same clothes. I fly to Boston. I get to know the flight attendant. Next day, we're done. We're flying back to Salt Lake. It's the same flight attendant's. Because they just spent the night and they're going back. I said, hey, I recognize you. She says, yeah, I recognize you too. And you're wearing the same clothes. (laughs) I'm like, oh, dang. But taking the time to look around you and be aware of the changes and everything and not be afraid. We're going to come back. Finding a safe way to go practice with that. That is so good. Go play with things. Look, I've always wanted to be an actor. So go do YouTube videos. Go do TikTok videos. Just have fun. Just Make it happen. I have a uh, well. If you've reinvented yourself this many times, you you are
0: an actor. What was that movie? Leonardo DiCaprio was the, the yeah, guy. Yeah. Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, maybe that's you. Yeah, <laughs> there might be some of that truth. There might be some of that truth there. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. By the way, I was just on a flight and recognized the pilot, and I had had this conversation right? with him at this airport, and how are the two girls? And it was it was very funny. Absolutely, I, that's a moment of recognition. So. Amazing to think about reinvention and continual learning and risk-taking and being willing to try new things and having the right attitude. But I also like that you shared that there can be tears along the way. There can be some, I'm feeling down. I think sometimes people don't realize we all go there too. And you've got to deal with, you know, just don't stay there, but how do you get out of it? And I'm not talking about if you have obvious depression or something. And then I encourage right. people to go to a doctor. But there's these up and down times and having that staying power and that energy to do it is, is <laughs> an incredible thing. Not everybody feels they have it, but if you tap it inside you, you, you do have it.
1: You right? do have it. And it's just, it's just a, I made a commitment to myself years ago, Skip, that years ago, that my committed to myself that every year I was going to live my life the year better than before whatever that made right now. I like that. Right. Every year it's going to be better. And I have traveled the world. I have seen things and done things. And every year, and sometimes I've looked back and said, you know what? You lost a little of that vision. You've kind of settled. It's hard during COVID, when we're all locked down. It was hard during COVID, but my business exploded. Suddenly I was doing because reinventing myself as this ability. And now I have people who are encouraging me to reinvent myself again. But I got to tell you, Sometimes I look back and think if I had just stopped, I had somebody say, why don't you just slow down and stop? I'm like, stop when? Because almost all of those reinventions mean there's nothing, there's nothing there that I could have stopped. Now, what's impressive about here, uh, as I've met with you and your team at OCLC, is how many people are here making an impact on people's lives and the community and reading and all of that. And I gotta tell you, I'm a little envious because they have been able to commit to something and stay long term. And it is just not in my DNA. And sometimes I long for a little bit of that stability. And so having people around you that provide that stability is so important to me. And it's something that has driven the desire to find settle Because it's never been there. I've just, I've constantly been well, on the move. Well, you were forced
0: to as a child and then going And even as an adult, career. I just yes. couldn't
1: let it go. December became the longest I've ever lived in one place in my life. It's seven years. I've been in my same house for seven years. It's good that's sometimes longest I've ever been. It's good. We do have
0: employees. I just signed certificates 25, 30, 30, 40 years, which is great. But one of the things that I just want to encourage all of our listeners is that you can reinvent yourself even staying at a same company and and do something different, change your career, get a new education, change fields. But you also can reinvent yourself doing personal things and hobbies and those kind of things can feed it. And so this process is there, but also all of these same concepts, and I'll just leave everybody with this, are all applicable to reinventing products and services and other things, because it's not just about your career. All of us, as we're running a service or doing something to serve others, can say, how can we reinvent and make next year better than last year, which is, I love your challenge to yourself. It's not just personally, but also my team and my company and my community, my civic kind of responsibility, I think is such a galvanizing charge. So Richard, thank you so much for joining us on AIM Higher and talking about the topic of reinvention. You can see why I loved talking to Richard about this. He has reinvented himself more times than anybody else I know. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to AIM Higher with Skip Pritchard check out skippritchard.com for more episodes, interviews, book reviews, and leadership insights. Until next time, remember, don't settle for the mediocre, always aim higher.